Hi everyone, Sean Paul Ellis here from the Saturday Morning Cartoons Podcast. Remember, that's morning with you. Some quick pre-show announcements about a quick holiday request, a shout-out, as well as what's happening in December, and then really what's going on with today's episode. If you have been thinking, I would like to give Saturday Morning Cartoons a Christmas gift, this is just a quick request. It's super simple, and you can do these couple things, and it's not going to take you more than two minutes max. You can go on Apple Podcasts, give us a rating. Very simple. You can share your favorite episode on social media. You can even download a couple of episodes while you're traveling over the holidays. You can tell a friend, tell a family member about us. And as always, you can call us and recommend a cartoon by dialing 202-681-4406. And we will 100% review that cartoon in an upcoming episode in February. That's it. It's super simple, and we really appreciate it. Very quick shout out. Somebody on our Mighty Orbots episode on YouTube mentioned that the complete series is on DVD today, but it does not have the As a Bones special feature, the rare original pilot promo of the Mighty Orbots. Uh, this is from Mesa. Uh, man, I don't even know what the rare original pilot episode is. It sounds fantastic. I would love to get my hands on it. Thank you for letting us know. We really appreciate it. For the rest of December and also January of next year, this is our final episode. This is it. We are done for 2018. We did it. We're finished. We're closing out the year. In 2019, which already sounds weird to say, we are going to be back on January 14th and then the immediate next week on January 21st with back-to-back weeks of New Year's Nicktoons. I hope that you're ready. Small teaser. The first one is going to be my life as a teenage robot. Then, in February, we are switching this up to all your suggestions. You get to call the shots. We're going to be going back through the list of everything that people have submitted, picking a couple that we can actually talk about during that time for our Listener Appreciation Month. As always, if you call 202-681-4406, this guarantees that your cartoon will get a review, and we will include your snippet and your call on that actual episode. So what's actually happening today? Why is lying a reoccurring theme for our, 20, for our 2018 holiday episodes? If you listened two weeks ago to our Gundam episode, you know that we had lying and deception as a core element, and this week's episode with Rankin Bass's Pinocchio's Christmas is no different. We have Angie Pirco and Melanie Harker joining us to break it all down. Thankfully, they're coming to kind of help me through this entire process as I try to remain indifferent about all of the craziness that we have for this special. It also sounds like Melanie is giving away $20 Amazon gift cards at some point very early on in the episode. Make sure that you listen for that, and feel free to add her. She's going to love that. Add her and tell her that you want a $20 free Amazon gift card. Let's see how that goes. So for our final cartoon of 2018, does it get the dip or not? All of this and more on today's episode. So now, on with the show. Hello and welcome to Saturday Morning Cartoons, the podcast that revisits, reviews, and ridicules some of the world's weirdest animated series coming to you all the way from Geppetto's Workshop. I'll be your host and real wooden boy, Sean Paul Ellis. Tonight is an extremely, 
exciting evening because joining me this evening as mostly a confused gypsy cat, we have DC-based artist Melanie Harker. Welcome back, Melanie. Thank you. Uh, thank you. You don't seem too sure of yourself. I'm confused. You're confused. You are a confused gypsy cat. I am a confused gypsy cat. That that, that is what I'm going to continue to assert. See, I I thought that fit me pretty perfectly. Yeah, it does. does. I just fall from the ceiling, and I'm I'm here, and I'm confused (laughs) most of the time, but but also certain about some things. Okay, that's all I got. Well, tonight. Will be no different. Yeah, pretty much. It'll be more of the same. Run of the mill. Run of the mill. Oh, man. Well, also, joining us this evening, all the way from the Enchanted Forest, fairy, wonderful person, made of magic, actor, and also director, Angie Pirco. Welcome back, Angie. Thank you. Ho, 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 Sean. Good to be here. Oh, we're so glad that you're able to be here all the way from the Enchanted Forest. (laughs) All the way. Yeah, it was, you know, I just flew in this afternoon, and boy, are my arms tired. (laughs) Yes! Yes! Thank you. you, Thank you. I'll be here all night. Did you park your poodle out front? (laughs) (laughs) Whoa, hold on. Is this a weird Christmas tradition in the Harker household I'm not aware of? No. the ride poodles? The poodle and the monkey that pull... The fairy oh, from right. the sleigh ride. That's right. I blocked that out. Yeah. I tried not to remember. <laughs> but oh, also, we enslave poodles around this time of Hanukkah, and we oh, just absolutely. force them outside. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, the traditional, the traditional festive holiday poodle. It's the uh, the New Jersey Jewish holiday poodling. <laughs> And then we we shave off all the wool, and then it turns into the baby Jesus's bedding, right? Yep. And then we give each other socks. It's great. Socks made of poodle hair. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Gonna be real honest. I'm loving this tradition. (laughs) This sounds great. Well, you married into it, so you're stuck for life. (laughs) A life. Oh, man. If anybody has any idea of the cartoon that we are talking about tonight from that little vignette... (laughs) <laughs> what is wrong with you? Also, you're the best. I'll give that person a twenty dollars Amazon gift card, but not because no, they don't. They'll just spend it. If, if this is if this is what their taste runs to is what we watched for tonight, then I don't want them. They don't deserve that money. Oh, that's fair. Okay, they would just abuse it. It also probably means they can read. So I guess you don't deserve twenty dollars for reading, like the name of the podcast today. Oh. That is fair. Well, I, you know it, it's. Just as a disclaimer, we should let everybody know we are obviously talking about, obviously. Obviously. Thank you. Rankin Bass, Pinocchio's Christmas. <sighs> a d- deep sigh from everybody as we are around the, the hearth of the fire getting ready for the Christmas season. Also sounding like the monster that's in the grudge. <laughs> I mean, that's... I think I'd rather face the monster from the grudge than necessarily <laughs> at least some of the characters in this particular special. That is, that is dark. Well, this this gives us a perfect opportunity. Now, we have talked for the past four years, Rankin-Bass has been a staple of Saturday morning cartoons. This has been something that every year kind of really puts us in the holiday mood. It's It's become a tradition on the show. And so... With Pinocchio's Christmas, Angie, I wanted to ask you, mm. uh, what was your familiarity with Rankin Bass in general, and did you have any knowledge of Pinocchio's Christmas? Um, Rankin Bass, I mean, of course, as a you know child of the late '80s, I grew up with you know the the Rudolph special 
you know, she thinks I'm cute. <laughs> um, grew up with that, but that was, I'm sure that there were others, but that's the one that sticks mostly in my memory. Um, which as I've gone back and watched it, um, Rankin Bass is dark as fuck, y'all. Like, there's some twisted elements in this shit. That, like, Herbie the Elf is messed up. Can we just say that? Like, that little dentist elf is into some freaky shit. Like, that's there's some, like, torture porn that goes on in that, <laughs> in that shit. Um, but, yeah. But uh, as for Pinocchio's Christmas, uh, no, nah, man. I, I didn't even know such a thing existed. I kind of still wish maybe that I didn't know it existed. Oh. But, um, you know, that's that's where I'm at in life and right now. <laughs> oh, perfect. No, and I, I think I think Melanie, you may have, if I was to ask, your experience with Rankin Bass. Because you've been on Rankin Bass episodes with us previously. I've been on I think every Rankin Bass episode. I, I think that that's pretty good. Uh correct. because I basically shook you and Dave down saying you had to do Rankin Bass every holiday because it means a lot to me. It's probably the most formative cartoon experience I have in my in my life like my nostalgic experience I would say mm. um so fans of the show know I have a lot of very deep feelings about Rankin Bass uh love the music love the animation the characters there's some Rankin Bass sh- movies I absolutely hate um which would be a great Nestor the long-eared Christmas donkey thank you fuck that movie (laughs) fuck that movie also fuck little drummer boy wow Um, oh god yeah no fuck little don't like that but there are a lot of other things to love um I think Santa Claus is coming to town is my favorite one of all of them probably because of uh the portrayal of Santa as like a red-headed like gentlemen which made me think of my dad and like there's just a lot of like love for that no no coincidence that my husband's also now a redheaded gentleman with a beard uh you no, have not, a type i have a type that's like my dad <laughs> <laughs> oh good it's already gotten weird i know uh but yes uh, had never heard of pinocchio's christmas had no idea that rankin bass even went into i know they've done they like to dip their toes into different kinds of like folklore. Like you see, they do um, like Peter Cottontail right. is like a, a whole, um, you know, fairy folktale thing. They go down. Um, Even sort of the folktale that we had with Jack Frost. Jack Frost, right. <gasps> totally different thing. This is the first time I, they went like into, into a hard turn into Italy, which was very interesting because normally they, they tend to stay in like Germany, Norway, they do, of course, that dip into the, quote, the South the or South. Dixie mm-hmm. um, with the year without a Santa Claus. Right. Uh, so this is, yeah, this is. Uh, oh, and then they also have another special where they kind of dig into like, um, I almost just said Thor, uh, like, like, God, <laughs> like Norse, like Norse gods and um, uh, and like theories about Mother Nature and nature and things like that. So this kind of hits a little bit of that, which we can talk about later. Uh, but that's that's all my knowledge of that. Right. And it's it's very interesting, too, because I, I definitely think I didn't have to be shaken down too hard in order to get into Rankin Bass. This was obviously something that was very formative for me as well. I love, I want to say, 90% of everything that they've put out. There are a couple exceptions. Mm. Who knows if tonight is one of them? Mm. We're really, we're trying to present this with sort of in a very procedural law-based fashion where we want to kind of give facts, but I feel like it's going to be hard to not put and interject with a lot of feeling into this too because it's it's very interesting. And I, I had no reference for Pinocchio as well. So this is three for three. So 
if you had any context and had watched Pinocchio when it had actually aired in 1980, congratulations, because you are a leg up and beyond all of us. 38 years later, mm-hmm. we are trying to figure this one out yep. together. So that's the boat that we are in this evening, is trying to figure out Pinocchio's Christmas together. Mm. But if you do not know anything about Pinocchio's Christmas, welcome to the boat with us. Also, <laughs> <laughs> be, be aware, here there be whales. Get, get a life jacket too. And yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, that was good. Thank you. <laughs> I, point, I just pointed emphatically to Angie because I was like, I get it. The joke is in there. <laughs> But Sean's trying to do the summary. Can you can you just do that every time I make a joke? I'd really appreciate it. Yes, really yes I will do that. I'll do that for you. <laughs> well, the, the history that we have for this is that it is a 1980s Christmas stop-motion television special produced by Rankin Bass Productions that is a holiday adaptation of The Adventures of Pinocchio. The special originally aired on ABC on December 3rd, 1980. It airs annually during the Christmas season on Freeform. So... Thank you, Freeform, for keeping this alive. Mm, really? uh, I want to also mention the fact that if this had aired December 3rd, the night that we are recording this is December 3rd. So we are weirdly at the 38th anniversary, oh, kind of maybe to the day. To the day. Why is Freeform <sighs> airing this? I don't, I don't know. There are so many other options. Oh, I'm sorry. That's all I have. <laughs> That's all the common time. <laughs> well, we're going to send some strongly worded emails to Freeform asking yeah. them wh- what the Pinocchio. Please explain. <laughs> but carve it into a piece of wood as a boy with thoughts and feelings and then give it a mouth so that piece of wood can talk. <gasps> and yeah, can we just talk about what? Like, yeah, I know, okay, I know. I know. I know you're challenging us to be objective about this, but I got to <laughs> warn you, like, it ain't going to happen. It ain't going to happen, babe. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard. Ooh. Uh, but to give us a little bit of context in terms of what we're actually going to be watching, sort of that that mile-high view, Angie is going to give us a very quick plot synopsis. All right, here we go. So, Pinocchio's Christmas. So, uh, it is Pinocchio's first Christmas, and he sells the book Geppetto gives him for present money. Dirty little vandal. Anyway, but Cat and Fox trick him out of it. So, Pinocchio becomes part of a Christmas marionette show to make present money. He steals a girl puppet when he leaves and is chased into the forest of enchantment. There he meets Azora, a fairy with a cricket, who tried to fix Pinocchio's lying and set him on the right track. But then he's sold to a duke whom Pinocchio convinces to spend time with his children. And only Santa's reindeer can get Pinocchio home in time for Christmas. Yes. And I want to just say, if that sounds like the Pinocchio that you're familiar with, what the hell? You know what, though? That's, that's that's some off-brand mythos right there. I don't, but you know what? Some five and below Pinocchio. Yeah. It is just as um, uh, whiplash-inducing as the actual story of Pinocchio. Because, like, what, he, like, gets swallowed by a whale. He gets his ears. He gets turned into a donkey. Mm. Yeah. Right. What other crazy-ass shit does Pinocchio get into? I mean, he gets sold into another, like, Mary, or, like, a circus show, right? Or right. something? Yeah, there's, I don't even Pimped remember. out. I don't know. I've blocked this. I've blocked but this. This is not one of my favorite it's a, it's uh, not, Disney movies it's back not, in the day. It's really not. Um, but, there's, but there's a lot of crazy-ass shit, so this tracks in okay. terms of, like, how much happens in a short period of time. So that very 
Makes sense. So very on brand for Pinocchio. I would say this is pretty on brand for Pinocchio. Right. And on if, the surface, <laughs> I would agree with you. I, I will also venture to say that from Angie's synopsis about everything, if that sounded like a clusterfuck of material for a small wooden boy to navigate through within 50-ish minutes, yeah, you're right. It felt like all 50 of those minutes. It it did. Every single minute that passed, I was aware of as I was jerked in a new direction narratively, spiritually, sexually. I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> there were some discoveries made watching this <laughs> I can't wait to get into the plot cause... <laughs> oh man because I did not have any <laughs> sure but no I, I don't know I did <laughs> I made you think I had to question myself planted it planted it seeded out think relive it yep. go back uh, blocking it out oh god <laughs> repressing those memories <laughs> what what I am actively trying not to repress is the amount of music that was you, what no hear me the out the second me out. you said that you regretted it it's, no keep going I, I didn't and I, let me let me explain a little bit why is because in very traditional Rankin Bass opening we we have a very lovely overture that kind of guides you through a lot of the town you have an opportunity to see uh, some of the characters and, and the interaction. It's sort of a, a slice slice of life, very Americana. Here's what's going on on these cobblestone streets for these people that are in this area. And you you sort of get that little bit of an overview. I, I like it as they're kind of doing the the scrolling in for all of the, the people and voice actors and everything. It, I think it does a great job of kind of very lovely setting the stage for everything. You don't yeah, really... that was the only time I had a glimmer of hope for oh this. Oh, my God. <laughs> but you, 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 get, you get a lot of, uh, you, don't get a, you don't get a roll call, and this really isn't a traditional theme song as, you know, as we would interpret and describe a theme song for a traditional cartoon. What this has that's very Rankin-Bash-ish is all of the different songs that we have that's in here. And so just very quickly, we, we have... One song that's called I Never Know What Gifts to Buy by Geppetto. We have Knock on Wood by Pinocchio. So we, we have a bunch of different songs that are in this. And I, I think it's worth at least noting and kind of dissecting some of the songs that they have that are there. And so really what I want to say is, Angie, was there a favorite or I'll say even a least favorite song that you had that you wanted to discuss? Because there, are, I think there are what? There are seven seven or eight songs that they yeah. had throughout this entire 50-minute special. So anytime you saw somebody kind of alone monologuing for a minute, you were just like, oh, no, is this going to turn into... The right ominous now? string music begins in the distance. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, a ballad is looming. Yeah. Run for cover. Yeah. Um, was there anything that struck you as being either wonderful to kind of help you get into the, the Christmas mood, or was there something that just kind of sucked the life and the energy directly out of you? Uh, the answer is yes to both. Um, the one song actually that I enjoyed, most of them were relatively inoffensive. Um, I mean, Geppetto's song, I Never Know What Gifts to Buy, plays like a dissociative episode where he's literally talking to himself. <laughs> so I was very concerned and was pretty confident that Geppetto needs to seek professional help. Um, the one I really liked, though, was the um, the, the the Duke's coachman. So the Duke is kind of set up um, as like the big 
sort of final boss of this whole thing. Like, you know, it's like, ah, oh, yes, we've got a Pinocchio is going to become a gift for the Duke's children. Oh, ha, ha. Um, is that slavery? What if are the you... rights of puppets? <sighs> this is too deep a question. Let's, let's, okay. <laughs> I went too far. Um, but the coachman for the Duke has this great song, Wicked Glee, which sounds like something out of like Natasha Pierre and the Great Comet. Like it's all Russian strings and like, ah, oh, here you're being taken away from your family forever. <laughs> <laughs> which I enjoyed. Yeah. You know, nothing like his songs of abduction to really get you in the holiday <laughs> spirit. <laughs> you know? It was the really... only song I could not decipher the words of, which is I think why I liked it the most. Exactly. Yeah, that only added to its added to its allure in my mind. Yes. Um so that was a song I really liked. The song that drove me up the wall was dancing. The song that Pinocchio sings with the toys in Santa's workshop. They said dancing 42 times. I counted. Holy oh my shit. God. That was the entire song. It was just dancing, dancing, dancing. It was like, like, oh, it was like some, like, Fred Astaire, Ginger Rogers, acid trip nightmare of a song where they just like repeated it on a loop and you thought it was over, but it kept on going and going and just, dear God, we get it. You're dancing. Stop. Make this stop. Also, dear God, we get it. We're getting out of the 70s and moving into the 80s. and They will not let the 70s go. No, this is very early 80s. We're still reliving the, you know, the good old acid trip days, the flower children. So, oh yeah. So no, that that song that I, that did it for you. That that, that was, was it. That was it. Thank God it was followed by the Coachman song. Otherwise, I would have been out the door. Like, I was gonna say they really they lost you, and then they brought you back brought in back with, with their... sort of this this Russian garbled <laughs> song mess. <laughs> if I weren't a puppet, yeah, <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah. So that's yeah. God, God bless the villain songs. That's all I have to say. So often the saving grace. And I, I, I will agree with you. I will say for a lot of the Rankin Bass songs that they have that are there, the villain songs end up being the best. Oh, yeah. They end up, I, I, in some cases, I almost root for the villains in these because I'm like, wait, if we Sometimes. bring them back, if we bring them back, we're going to get another villain song. And I want that villain song. Yeah. Where is it? Yeah. <sighs> Same thing with Disney, man. Poor unfortunate souls trumps under the sea every single time. So good. So good. I have a hard bargain with that one. Mm. If, not talking about Little Mermaid. No. If, oh, sorry, focus, 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 focus. If you disagree, don't add us on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> not Copyright even, Charlie Viscanosh. Yeah. Don't tweet at me. I don't care. <laughs> don't add me. Melanie. Yes. Was there a song that brought you into the mood? Was there anything that took you out of the mood? Nothing. Nothing brought me into the mood. Wow, not not a single song. Oh, um, I'm not asking you to second guess. I'm just I'm incredulous. I know that we both sort of became softies at the "Put Your Love in a Poem" song, uh, but it really didn't make me feel like Christmas. It just made me feel like, oh, that's very sweet. Um, the problem I I can't pick a song that I liked in this because I was too focused on the fact there were too many songs. Mm, Like you just made the excellent point. There were 50 minutes in this special and there were eight songs. I believe so. Yes. How do you go? Not quite 10 minutes without singing. Like that's a, like that's like a disjointed musical. 
it just like didn't it did not make sense to me and it was very infuriating and, and, and to your point though i think the one that you said that you really enjoyed was the love I the perfect s- gift for christmas day from oh, lady azora yeah 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 yeah. Uh, i wouldn't say i really enjoyed that song i would say it <laughs> tolerated it made me feel sweet things but that was about it we both were like oh that's kind of cute but i did not i would not actively say i enjoyed it okay um i definitely had hateful feelings towards many of these the gonna get lucky song uh it was the one i don't you you have like the song list in front of you but it was um after the nobody knows what gifts to buy oh no i, I oh the it, knock on knock wood on wood song? knock on wood it's called knock on wood oh yeah um gonna be rich and famous gonna yeah. buy himself a new career mm-hmm. like what's happening in that song uh they were all just lazily written i just did not enjoy any of them i also did not like the dancing dancing keep on dancing song mm. the saving grace of that was um the visuals for you was the visuals for me because when he's doing that dance um he's actually in the santa's workshop like area with the toys from santa claus is coming to town (gasps) where they do the song that's called the first toy maker to the king and then there's the bear there's the girl the giraffe and the animals and stuff and there's the choo-choo train and they are all featured during that, like the first toy maker to the king, do do do, and it's like they're all teaching little Chris Kringle about like why they make toys. Got um, it. So that I was like, oh my god, that's adorable. But right. everything else about that was loathsome. No, everything I... else about that was loathsome. I I just the 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 only good part of the music was the overture because you you were like brought like you said you were kind of like brought into the slice of life. It sort of echoes again back to the scenes you see in Santa Claus is Coming to Town, where like after, I mean, not in the beginning because the Burgermeister Meister Burger's like outlawing all of that kind of stuff, but there's like the sort of town square and they're mm. all decorating and everybody's giving gifts and stuff and it's really beautiful and they're all coming together. And like I love the sense that they like Rankin Bass movies are so good at making people feel like the town like rallies together around Christmas, which is just like a, a sweet concept. It, mm. It's such a wonderful, wholesome moment where you see people actually taking the time to care for themselves and one another at Christmas, which I always felt was such a stark contrast to how I feel Christmas actually happens for mm-hmm. me, which <laughs> is that it like the calendar flips to December 1st and then it is a bum's rush and a mad dash to get to the 31st and all the, the travel and, and, the demands on time and everything that happens it's just it's just another month out of the year it's just another month out of the year that just happens to have two major uh events holidays towards the end of it and i enjoy it i enjoy the holidays i i I really do and and this year we've been fortunate and we've you know we it's the second night of hanukkah uh, and so we've been celebrating. It's also the 30th anniversary of this show, <laughs> which is why we're celebrating. <laughs> no, but I it, it it just feels like everybody puts so much pressure on the fact that there are two major holidays and it's the end of a calendar year. And so people, I feel like everybody oh. around me is on this mad dash sprint and I'm kind of caught in that marathon to the end. Yeah. I, I still enjoy it. I still take time and I, I try to enjoy it as much as I can. I'll take that pause. I'll kind of relax. I definitely get into that moment where 
I let myself say, Hey, I, I need to I need to pause and kind of walk away from people for, for a little bit and kind of recharge or like, I need to take a nap. I listen to my body and what it says to me in terms of self care. And I'm pretty good this month about being able to adhere to those messages that I'm sending myself. Mm. But then you kind of, you know, get back into it. And once you're back in the fold, it's like, Oh no, this is kind of chaotic. I really thought for some reason this December would be a little bit kind of slower for me and I was excited about it and it doesn't feel like it ever took off its running shoes. Yeah. No. Which, I mean, that's, I, I feel like, I mean, number one, obviously Christmas and Hanukkah and the month of December is so much more enjoyable when you're not the one responsible for, for providing any single part of it. There, there's a part of me that really, thinks about being able to get that Sunday newspaper when I was a kid in the month of November and December and flip through all the circulars and grab that Toys R Us circular and then just sit there and like circle the stuff that I was interested in or toys that I had never thought about existed and was like, oh my God, I didn't know that this was a thing now, you know, because there was no internet and I guess maybe I had missed that one television commercial that was on another cartoon and so then to see something, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I want, I'm, I'm interested in that thing. Like, you know, so it's, Santa's probably coming around. Santa's probably going to want some gift ideas. So, you know, I'm, I'm getting a Sharpie and circling some stuff. You know, this could be exciting. That seems like a very easy mechanism Geppetto could have used to figure out what to get Pinocchio for Holy Christmas. Fuck. Admittedly, Geppetto, what, I, Geppetto, mm, okay, well, I'll hold off. I'll hold off on my opinions of Geppetto for right now. I, we're I, not there yet. I'll say this. I, the, the song that I didn't like was Make Him Laugh by uh, Maestro Fire Eater. Mm. Mm-hmm. I did not like this because it didn't seem to be as much of a song as it was more of a Punch and Judy abuse vignette, yep. which I kept thinking to myself, ah. <laughs> That's actually why I liked it, because I just like seeing Pinocchio get the shit kicked out of him. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, was, it was really something where I, I felt the message about it was lost. And there's even that one part where Maestro says, make them laugh until they die. And, and for, oh, that. yeah, because that stood out to me is that something for like a Christmas special I don't know that that's really the message or what I'd want to communicate to a, in a family-friendly stop-motion animation cartoon. That's not something that really kind of hit the mark for me. So that was, that was a big swing and a miss. I'll say the song that I really thought was probably, this is probably a guilty pleasure, uh, It's the Truth between Fox and Cat. <laughs> and, and, and hear me out because this will help kind of lead into our conversation about animation style is that It's the Truth continued to have Fox assert that if he wasn't telling the truth, let lightning strike him. And lightning continually would not strike Fox, but would hit Cat instead. And the animation that they used and the the technique that they had of like the, the bolt of lightning electrocuting Cat, and then the Cat kind of all puffed up and pulled apart, <laughs> I, I thought that that was kind of unique, and it looked very visually interesting, and I liked the way that they did it. I don't ever so advocate the, electrocuting cats. I was going to say, the feline electromagnetic torture chamber. That was your song or two. <laughs> yeah, <that> was, <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Angie. That's why we don't have pets, Angie. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I just, I liked, I also liked the the absurdity because it felt like for me, those two characters along the lines of what they were supposed to do in in Pinocchio's journey was really kind of usher them in and it felt very silly to me. And I think, for something that was silly and and 
kind of maybe, and this will be something that I can't wait to discuss, but it may be along the lines of, of really the, the core of the Pinocchio story, it seemed to kind of hit that for me. Mm. And that was enjoyable, really about telling the truth. And so it was awesome to sort of see Fox and Cat also have this moment where they could kind of do a little bit more than just sort of plot between each other and then act kind of aloof and then scurry away. It was sort of their moment to shine. And I thought that that was kind of a funny uh, song to, to have an opportunity to watch, despite the fact that, as I just said, they kind of scurry away, which is exactly what they do at the end of the song when they mm-hmm. think that they see a ghost. Um, so that, that <laughs> was, that also was part of the Christmas tradition, right? Know? It's just seeing ghosts. A lot of a, mm. Come on in, Bob Cratchit. So. <laughs> Come in and know me better, man. Yep. Yeah. But, you know, just I thought the animation style for that song was definitely unique. And so just kind of talking a little bit more about the animation style, Angie, uh, any thoughts on the animation style for this? This being a little bit of a newer Rankin Bass, anything that this made you think of, anything that this was related to? Um, It actually really put me in mind of one of my favorite of all time, um, sort of, I guess... How do I want to call it? Not serious, but like, um, I guess, franchise? Uh, something. But like, the, it reminded me of like the Chicken Run and Wallace and Gromit because this was such a precursor oh. to that. And yeah. for that alone, I think Rankin Bass deserves, just in general, huge accolades. Um, I just, the whole stop motion combination, occasional animation, just, I mean, all of that jazz is such a fascinating art style. And I hope it's not one that's... Um, Dying, but uh, but yeah, it just really reminded me of kind of that um, that that you know, kind of goofy, you know, expressions over the top, you know, obviously, you know, Wallace and Gromit, what twenty years later or whatever, 10, yeah. 20 years later, so the technology had advanced and stuff. I will say though, in terms of the other Rankin Bass that I've seen, though, this one definitely seemed um visually smoother. Like that was one of the things actually that always alarmed me about Rudolph the. Rendo's uh, reindeer was it was some of the stuff was sort of jerky. I'm like, I don't think animals are supposed to move like that. Um, I didn't have that moment as much watching this. So in terms of, um, in terms of the visuals, like yeah, quality. Don't don't of all the things that I will complain about about this show, that's not one of them. Okay, and to your point, there's always some jank nature in terms of what we have for mm. for Rankin Bass. But I think you're right. I think there was a lot less jank. In some cases, so let's I, jank in the crank. <laughs> <laughs> Melanie, what were your thoughts on the animation style for this? I don't have too many thoughts because it was pr- pretty much what I expected uh, from Rankin Bass. Good combo of um, what is it like cell animation? The way they do like the overlay for like the snowflakes and like mm. like glittery right. effects and different things like that. Um, yeah, no, this was all, like, they had really beautiful scenery. Like, the Enchanted Forest was really gorgeous um, mm. with all the snow and the icicles and, like, all that kind of thing. I, I remember it being better than, like, the Winter Warlock that you see. I keep drawing parallels to Santa Claus is Coming to Town, but um, there's a lot of, like, similarities in terms of, like, the the uh, landscape that they, the landscapes, I should say, that they choose. But, yeah, no, pretty much just what I expected. Understood. I mean, I think that there's a lot of what to expect for Rankin Bass. If you've seen one, that same template, 
is thankfully copied to everything that's really kind of in their stop motion portfolio. Even the fact that we had rented this on Amazon, the, uh, and it was in standard definition because there is no HD for this, <laughs> which is fun. But then it's at a certain moment, I know watching it with Melanie, I kind of leaned over it and I was just like, do you see that there's still something dirty that's like on the lens <gasps> that they didn't get rid of? And for me, there's like a part, I love that. I love yeah. the fact that that was still there after 38 years later, there's still that little bit of grime that's kind of included in what we had a chance to see. Angie, to your point, mm -hmm. this isn't a lost art. You have a lot of places like Adult Swim, Starburn Industries, mm -hmm. uh, Starburn, the, the guy, Dino from uh, yeah. Community. Uh, his production company, they're able to do, and they, they put out a lot of stuff for Adult Swim uh, and internet distribution that is sort of the stop motion. So it's definitely not a lost art. So there's still people yeah, no, keeping thankfully. it alive. Yeah, well, and you know, for heaven's sakes, if nothing else, we got, you know, Tim Burton every once in a while churning out <laughs> something. <laughs> so, so reliable. Yeah. Yeah, right. So but yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right. I am very glad it's an art form that exists. Um, and even especially in, in, in an era of CGI. Right. You know, and everything computer generated and stuff. There's something actually, there was something very refreshing about kind of the, the it felt very gritty in a good way. Right. Mm -hmm. And I, there's always something very patient about it. I don't know how the guys over at Robot Chicken do it season after season after season for everything that they churn out. But I mean, it, it's, it's great to see that stop motion hasn't been lost at any point. Yeah. And that's still alive and well. Uh, thankfully, it's been updated and is a little bit more modernized and still creepy. I would love to see Seth Green, if you're listening, just I'm going to sidebar with you really quick. Fan of the show, Seth Green. Fan of the show, Seth Green. If you're, I know you're listening right now, so I'd be very interested to see you guys adapt a Christmas special based off of some of these Rankin-Bass <gasps> IPs that they have that, that are available. so fucked up. I love it. I'd love something real dark and real weird. I want to see Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer get plastic surgery. <laughs> oh, my God. Can you do that, Robot Chicken, just, just for me? Just Rudolph the, the nip-tuck reindeer. Exactly. <laughs> that was under good. the knife. Under the knife. <laughs> Santa Claus is the surgeon. Oh, God. He's like, what do you want for Christmas? <laughs> lipo. Lipo, Santa. <laughs> Why is that funny? This is so terrifying. Because it's a wild animal that wants liposuction. <laughs> <laughs> That's why. No, Laser I hair removal, please. <laughs> Off this nose, <laughs> cut it off. Uh, man, just rhinoplasty for that. That'd be weird. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good heavens. Gonna get rhino nasty. Uh, <laughs> Time to move on. Uh, well, we we we've had an opportunity right now to talk about a lot of these different characters uh, that we have, and and there there are quite a few. We've got a good number in these 50 minutes with these eight songs that they were able to really kind of shoehorn in such a, such a, such a large amount of actual characters that were in there. I didn't know that that was going to be possible because in some cases you get a chance where you feel like you're with a certain character for quite some time. Hint Geppetto walking through the streets. And then Can we talk about how, hold on, pause, sidebar. Can we talk about how, 
fucked up it is that Geppetto has a whole song dedicated that he sings to what he perceives as the body of his dead son. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty bad. Yeah. I just needed to mention that. No, it's yeah. it's very haunting. <laughs> or like him walking through the streets for like 24 hours nonstop through the night. Yeah. With, his, with his little toupee that he has for some reason. Yeah, what's with the toupee, why? guys? I don't, I don't get why they had to make that a joke. But for everybody listening, we have Pinocchio, Geppetto. We've mentioned Cat and Fox. We have Azora, which is a, uh, a woodland uh, fairy, I want to say, made wasn't of magic. She, wasn't she meant to be the, the blue fairy? Wasn't that meant to be? The well, blue fairy. She's the blue fairy. Because yeah. at one point he says, with a hair of blue, uh, when she's like getting out of her stagecoach towards the very end. Yeah, yeah. And Pinocchio's like, oh, don't don't you know her? You know, the fairy with the hair of blue. And I'm like, Geppetto's been walking around the streets for 24 hours. Mourning your death, <laughs> you insolent slut. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, we, 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 we do have Cricket, Jiminy Cricket, but then we just call him Cricket. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Thanks to Cricket. Yeah, which... Is very interesting. Hey, Pinocchio, bada bing! Oh, God. What you, what you was doing? What it, you was thinking? It was so weird that he was from Jersey Shore. <laughs> it really was. Down to the down to the spray tan, too, which was kind of odd for Cricket. Yeah, but Yeah, it's weird that every time he was just like, hey, Pinocchio, you want a GTL? And I'm like, don't. The don't Frosted Antenna laundry. were kind of an interesting choice as well. <laughs> he was always DJing. It was very weird. <laughs> I was unnecessary. It is constantly crumping at the same time when he was <laughs> oh doing it. <laughs> oh man, that's that's actually what I want Seth Green to make this into. <laughs> uh, we we also to round this out, we had the Duke, the Duke's kids, Santa, the reindeer. Um, we have had an opportunity to kind of talk a little bit about some of these characters. Angie, I wanted to check and see. Was there any character that stood out to you? Was there any character that you saw that was in this that you were like, I could have also just not had them in here, and I don't think it would have changed my opinion on the show whatsoever. I mean, I feel like we probably could have lost the title character. Oh, you Jesus know, and I would have oh my God. It's been interesting to see where the story went from there. It just uh, called Christmas. Yeah. Rankin Bass Christmas. Just an hour about Christmas. Fantastic. Thank you, Rankin Bass. Like, just, you know, just, just, wouldn't that be actually kind of nice? Just an hour of like hanging out in an Italian town, watching their Christmas customs. I feel like that would have been infinitely preferable. I'm going to say yes. I would have watched that. Yeah. Of course you would have because it's genius. Rankin Bass, send me a check for $10,000, please. (laughs) You're fucking welcome. Um, I mean, I just was reminded, it, it kind of, I, I just, I was watching it and feeling just this visceral, deep-seated loathing for just how little tolerance I have for ignorant incompetence, which is what Pinocchio personifies. Yeah. Yes. Like, like, it, like, you entitled little shit, literally the first thing he does is he attacks his maker, like, the, like Geppetto carves his puppet, and the first thing he does is fucking whack him in the face, like, what kind of sadistic little torture monster are you, freaky little would-be dildo, like, I- <laughs> creepy little, ugh. I, I, I'll say this, and, and it really kind of stood out to me, um... I almost wanted to have Geppetto ask him, where did you learn this behavior? Like, you don't see me interact with this. And, and, and it goes, it's goes really kind of that like uh, nature, nurture environment situation and discussion uh, about how we mature, evolve, take on personalities as people. 
to the point where, you know, a lot of that is because of circumstance, uh, your environment, the people around you, the things that you grow up through, that that allows you to kind of dictate and, and understand a lot of those things in the world around you. There's also some things that you have that are innate to you as a human, but violence is something that needs to be taught. So arguably one could make, you know, maybe a reasonable, put forth a reasonable hypothesis that perhaps Pinocchio is in fact the Antichrist. That is a great hypothesis. I'm willing to fund that theory. Excellent. Thank well, you. At the at the one point when Pinocchio's head spun around and he just went <laughs> <laughs> and vomited pea soup everywhere. It was kind of weird. You know, got all over Cat and Fox. Their skin started to melt off. It was. Oh, oh my God. Oh my God. The Exorcist of Pinocchio. <laughs> Seth Green, I know you're listening again. So if like, you want to do this, send Angie a check for $10,000. Please. Just any day. <laughs> This is a genius idea. This and is, I will, this I will is, write this. Is, this. This is fucking comedy gold. Um, <laughs> well, the, also the kind of horrifying thing was Pinocchio like talks about his life as a piece of wood and was like, yeah, I was in a tree. And it's like, well, what, what are we implying here? Do trees all over this world have sentience? Did the Geppetto just happen to find the one fucked up tree that, you know, Satan's like planted his sperm in or something? Like, what is the story here? It seemed like from... From what I understand from the the show, it was something where anything that's in the enchanted forest has the potential to be sentient, to have sentience. And then maybe don't fucking carve a little wooden boy out of wood from there, Geppetto. Well, well, what it, you're getting yourself into? I mean, for him, it was a freebie. You know, he went to that woodcutter who cut down the tree. Woodcutter was at some point, you know, using a plane and scraping off pieces, and that wood is giggling, which is. <laughs> Terrifying. Yeah, terrifying. Everything about that is not cute. Oh, and, and, no. And in no. this moment, suddenly Geppetto shows up saying, uh, is there something I could I could buy from you? And this woodcutter just throws in the log and is like, get out of my shop. Get this little demon child out of here. <laughs> Meanwhile, the wood is giggling, your mother sucks cocks in hell. Oh, my God. This rewrite is going to make a lot of money. <laughs> I'm telling you. I, this is going to be huge. <laughs> My huge. indie horror film. <laughs> yep. No, this is <laughs> Pinocchio after dark. Oh, man. So what I'm gathering, Angie, is that Pinocchio could have been completely cut from this and you would have been okay. I just, I think it would have immeasurably improved the story. Awesome. Was there any character that you felt was vital Mm, vital is such a strong word. It is a really um, strong word, Sean. I, I mean, I was down with Azora. She was rocking kind of, you know, a Kmart version of Elsa thing that I appreciated. You know, I was like, yeah, you're cool. Whatever, you got blue hair. I'm down. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna venture to say not strong opinions on Azora, but but still, she was, she was fine. She was pretty and had a nice song. Okay, good for her. Understood. Proud of her. You know, she's come a long way. <laughs> Melanie. Yes. Anybody that you, what was your love it or hate it? So, I really could have done without Cat. I know I wanted to be Cat <gasps> in my introduction. I, you know, like, what a fucking useless character. Like, provided little to no, like, anything except for extra air and time between songs. <laughs> I think that's why they added a character. Uh, Because Fox could have done just fine on his own. Um, 
But th- like the way that they crafted that character to me was just so obnoxiously confusing because in one moment she was just like ditzy and didn't know what was going on, but then very quickly knew exactly what to say and do and knew exactly what was going on. But wait, were we lying just then? I'm not sure if we were lying. And, and that was so annoying to me. Yeah, I could have really done without that. Um, But uh, I think I agree with Angie. If we had just cut Pinocchio from the story, we would have been probably fine. Like just a whole run of the movie, but like without any scenes with Pinocchio. Like, let's see what that's like. Yeah, what does Zora do? I want to know what her whole Yeah, I want to know more about that. Um, I'd love to see like the life and times of uh, what's the new little, uh, little, little chickadee's name? What's her name? Julietta. Let's go see Julietta's life. I bet she's a very kind life puppet now that she's been, she has a purpose to live. That was some of the creepiest shit, you guys. I'm so sorry. That, that was, was like a Pygmalion, Galatea, like, kind of. Yeah, there was. There I was... will make you live for me. <laughs> I thought she was just going to live for the love of Christmas. Maybe I misinterpreted that. But no, you know, Pinocchio stole that, that real world doll from <laughs> that play and brought it back and was like, oh, you're real pretty and I like you and I'm going to make you real. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was kind that of was not cool little phantom of the opera-esque a little bit yeah. like let me kidnap you and make you into my own image yeah let me let me make you alive first then i'm really gonna make you live yeah and, ah! reg- and regret it ah! yeah i don't know it was it was very confusing i feel gross about that also i mean just in general the practice of rewarding misbehavior with a hot chick i've seen enough of that in 90s movies i'm good yeah yeah no I don't that's need anymore I think I think we all feel just really troubled by the character of Pinocchio and I feel like this this entire like the message or lack of message or muddling of message all question mark within this movie uh just really exacerbated like what a terrible character Pinocchio is. Right. I I if I may. Indeed. Piggyback off of this. I think the character that I could have cut from everything would have been the duke why because he was a terrible character oh my god it it took it took a puppet talking to him for less than 30 seconds for him to be like oh shit i am a bad dad and the award the award for fastest character (laughs) character growth goes to yeah yeah to that moment where he's like you know you know i always spend christmas with my kids and i wanted everybody in the room to just be like fucking hearing this shit You can't buy our love that easily, Father. Yeah, right. I, but obviously, they he had been, you know, which I think is is still troubling. Uh, I want to say the character that I really enjoyed, as kind of a final note, I enjoyed Geppetto. Now, hear me out. Okay, you're receiving some very judgmental stares right now. I know, very judgmental stares. I think that there's something in terms of just his commitment. And just sort of his his desire, like he's a man that doesn't have a lot of goals, other than simply he wants to love, and he wants to kind of feel like he has people who love him as well. And I think at its core, that's a very basic human feeling to belong and have other people feel like you do belong. And so, if I had to figure out like a stand-in for this, definitely not Pinocchio. I agree with you. We could have axed Pinocchio. Pinocchio should have been axed when he was a piece of wood mm. and then set on fire. Oh. <laughs> I'm burning, burning. <laughs> we gotta see this exorcism of Pinocchio movie because I am like really bought into it now. 
I'm very bought in. But I, I just, I felt like at its core, there were a lot of very human traits that Geppetto, and I had to dig for them, obviously. They're not surface level. This isn't mm. something cursory. Like, you kind of have to go a level or two deep. But I felt like Geppetto would have been a good stand-in for me to kind of understand some of the the drive that he had as a character. So I think that was kind of my my final thought about Geppetto. Well, his desire for family and also his desire for hair, we mustn't neglect. <laughs> and I'll be honest with you, that's a constant desire for me too. It's just better, better hair for the hair that I have that is quickly, quickly dissipating. Pulls up Amazon Prime, Prime delivery to pay. Oh no, I just red hair and one click buy. Oh yeah, I just bought a Conan O'Brien wig on Amazon Prime. Oh, that's, <laughs> he's got great hair. Yeah, you could rock that. I could yeah. see that on you. <laughs> be a terrible idea. Just look like a saucer, like a flying saucer in your oh, head. Oh my god! <laughs> Love you. Mm. You you did bring up, uh, and you talked a little bit about just sort of in terms of the the plot and a lot of the things, Melanie, that this this show really posits, and are these good things? Yes. And so as we begin to kind of transition into the idea of plot, wanted to use a couple questions to kind of help maybe funnel our conversation into what I'm interested in kind of discussing for the plot of Pinocchio and so I I think we can all agree that Pinocchio committed for lack of a better term a bunch of sins like there were a lot of things that Pinocchio did that were not something that you would consider to be upstanding straight up shady shit I go with Angie's definition straight up shady so shady Pinocchio Mm -hmm. did a lot of stuff in here and so Without listing all of them out, what I wanted to get an idea of, Angie, what do you feel was the most offensive? What do you feel was the worst shady shit that Pinocchio did in the special? Entrapping another puppet and forcing life into it so he could keep it as a sex slave forever. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Well, guys, this has been our Christmas episode. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you Um, in January. I think his most grievous sin. (laughs) (laughs) I told you that this revealed dark truths about me, this whole watching this special. I went to some dark places in my soul. Um, I think his primary sin for me, though, is just his complete um, ignorance, I guess, is the best way to put it, of just his... um, I don't... don't, Well, not... No, not ignorance. It's... He knows... He's lying. He knows that he is not telling the truth. And he just, like, just even when his nose is, like, going out of control, which you think, you know, the definition of insanity is doing something, expecting different results. So he lies. His nose keeps going. He's like, what's going on? Better keep on lying. Like, what is your problem, tiny child? Learn. I think, yeah, his, 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 like, oh, I just want to punch him in his stupid little wooden face and just smack some sense into it like jesus you mm, i've calmed now (laughs) it's it's crazy and i I will say this the the goal of our december programming on smc is never to to do anything else beyond celebrating the holidays and celebrating christmas but if we have listeners from two weeks ago that listened to our episode that we had for war in the pocket uh, gundam 0080 you obviously know that lying was a huge portion of those central characters that we had between Bernie and Al 
and uh, and Chris McKenzie and, and sort of their entire relationship dynamic that they had. And it's so bizarre to see this theme pop up again in yet another. This one is particularly Christmas oriented and see all of these things realized again. So I, I agree with you, mm. Angie, on just sort of the the lying and and the intentional lying. Mm. And it's not even in many cases to benefit anyone other than himself. Oh, yeah. And the self-serving Such. nature is bananas to me. I I, I just I, I can't I can't believe it in some cases. So it's this little wooden shit, I tell you. <laughs> I'm having a thought formulating. I'm wondering about the conversation around it's Christmas time. Are you on the naughty list or are you on the nice list? Mm-hmm. Right. So there's a lot of Christmas specials that are sort of exploring that like dark, naughty side of humanity. Right. Like Christmas Carol is going down like what it means to be a penny pincher, mean to people, different things like that, and how that, what the repercussions of that are. I feel like the specials that I've seen, there's like one in particular, maybe I've talked about it before. There's like a little boy who lies and is nasty. It's like, um, it's not a stop motion. It's like a traditional one, and it's like a rhyming like a it's like a rhyming christmas special i don't remember what it's called anymore um but they they also explore lying in that one and i'm wondering if there's something they're trying to say about like lying is like the most destructive kind of like naughty people can conceive that children like maybe will start doing at this age. And so they need to tell the cautionary tale about what happens to people who lie in order to like dissuade them from doing that. The problem is that they don't do that effectively here at all. Like nothing that Pinocchio does is really going to dissuade somebody from lying, which is like what you would want in a cautionary tale. But I'm wondering if like that's a thing. Like I wonder if they're trying to do something around that, Angie. Well, no, I mean, I think it goes back to what Sean was saying earlier about nature versus nurture versus environment. I mean, psychologically, Pinocchio is, if you, I feel like there's two ways to look at this story. One is the, in my mind, very sort of pessimistic, nihilistic way, which is that, you know, man is born inherently evil. So, of course, he has these desires to, you know, lie and sin and cheat. And Pinocchio is, you know, our, is, is a way to educate children about that. Or, I mean, I, as a kid, I just, I didn't. I feel like almost like stories like this introduced me to the idea of you could lie to your parents. I feel like they backfired. Yes. Because like, no, like I was, I was a good kid, man. I didn't lie. I like, I, I, in terms of my, like, what is it? There's like some kind of hierarchy of like, of like reasons why we do, I forget what it is. It's some psychological thing where it's like a a pyramid of, um, pyramid of morality about like why you do what you do hmm. you know and it's like self-interest self-gain oh, and then yeah. like what the top the, that called? I don't remember but yeah the top one is self-actualization which is you understand the rules of society and your place in it Pinocchio is an anarchist man like that little <laughs> yeah. shit like you know if that's if that's what the person who wrote Pinocchio originally was hugely pessimistic I think into, into human nature she's like they made this little nihilistic nonsense monster so I'll, I'll I'll bring up kind of to both of your points about what we're what we're talking about, and I I, I agree with you, Melanie, that it's you know for for kind of talking about lying that you know uh, I'd say it's probably the most accessible 
in terms of what they have that's out there. Uh, to take a step back from that, think about Christmas time being a pagan holiday, winter solstice, uh, you know, really having a lot of its traditions and rituals then adopted by the Catholic Church. You know, right. we have Christmas, uh, nativity, everything that kind of surrounds uh, that time of the year and sort of what we what we understand and what we conceptualize it now mm-hmm. in present day. You think about that Catholic nature, you kind of then think about some of those Ten Commandments that okay. they have that are sort of those ten ironclad rules that we should really really kind of focus on one of them obviously being that we shouldn't we shouldn't lie you know other one that we saw that was in this is not stealing you know it would be really hard i guess maybe it's not based off angie's thing to say you shall not covet thy neighbor's wife (laughs) (laughs) unless it's like a really attractive wooden doll you know but it you know some weird kinky shit man yeah but i i think you know in terms of a kid I, I think to Angie's point, it is really challenging because what you're doing is you're showing kids an opportunity of something that they may not have actually realized that's a potential for them to lie. You know, you're you're simply saying to them, you shouldn't do this. But also, did you know that you could do this? Right. And it, it and it's it's kind of it's kind of crazy to to think that in terms of morality stories, that's sometimes how we pitch these things out. That's how we present them. You know, you shouldn't do this thing. But let me tell you a story about somebody who did it for a while and had a really fucking fun time. Yeah, horrifyingly, this kid's the hero yeah. of our story. And he meets fucking Santa Claus at the end. So children, lie to your parents and Santa will reward you. Exactly. Oh, and cry when you know you've been caught. Mm, oh, yeah. Those yeah. little those little alligator wood tears that he had were, were such BS. Playing on Geppetto's heartstrings like oh. a fiddle. Oh, that was... God damn it. That is the least favorite song of the whole fucking movie was when he's good, he's very, very good. And when he's bad, he's very, very bad. Wasn't that the one where he was singing Mourning His Death as well? Yep, yep, yeah, yep, that yep, was yep. Fucked up. Geppetto's was... story is dark and tragic. <laughs> yeah, it was like, oh, no, when he was bad, he really sucked. But no, when he was good, he was he made oatmeal for more than just himself. Yeah, which is the kind of basic. Sounds like a forty-year-old suburban housewife trying to justify. Well, my husband is lazy, but at least he doesn't beat me. Like that's not a basis yes. for love. No, that's Geppetto, not. A- you're in an abusive relationship. He really is. He really is. Which, which kind of brings me, you know, based off of the idea that we have, Angie, of just sort of your your posit of of lying, kind of being at the the center of this. And and Melanie, was there sort of a, a distillation? that you had in terms of what you felt was sort of like the worst or the the most tragic uh, shady shit that Pinocchio had committed? Uh, probably returning the present. Returning Geppetto's present to me was like, that's like a deep fucking knife cut to like yeah. return. Uh, like we saw the whole song about Geppetto, like really sweating it over like what to buy. He made a, a major misstep, but then like Pinocchio was like, I love it. I'm going to fucking return this and I'm going to take this money and I'm going to buy something else with it. And it's just like, what? Yeah. Yeah. It would have been better if Pinocchio had been like, thanks, I hate it. Like, that would actually at least have been honest. Yeah. It would have been more on brand for Pinocchio. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But to your point then, he lies immediately. Yes. Upon returning the gift. So I think... I think maybe lying is is really the the central argument or, or the... The, the the biggest sin or shady shit uh, that he he commits here, and so 
based on the idea that we have of that is the shadiest thing that he does mm-hmm. during this entire 50 minute holiday special. <laughs> I keep wanting to remind myself. I, I wanted to kind of get your take in terms of what you actually felt the message was. Because there's a lot that happens and takes place throughout the course of these 50 minutes where Pinocchio is doing a lot of shady shit. And again, if this is a, if this is a fable, if this is a morality tale, there, there is a lesson to be learned hypothetically for this. And so I, I wanted to check and see, Angie, did you feel that there was a specific message that they were trying to convey? Lying is the most fun you can have without taking your clothes off. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> is that a... Yeah, that's a panic at the disco song. song. (laughs) (laughs) That's from the self-titled, right? The first album? Yep. Got it. Thank you. That was so good. (laughs) Shout out to my to my my homies, Panic at the Disco. Um it's actually hard for me to find a message just because I do find um in the Disney interpretation of Pinocchio, which is the one I am sad enough to say most familiar with it's been a while since i read the original fairy tale but pinocchio's um starts there as we see his inception and we see him sort of this blank slate there's much less uh, there's much less there i would say it's pure ignorance is what motivates his behavior it's really it he is a child who is you know, primarily motivated by id or whatever. Um, but we get to see him grow and try. And like, you know, by the end of this story, he earns humanity. This is weird because it's a snapshot of Pinocchio's life before the fairy tale as we know it. So he can't really get redeemed because we know that that whole redemption arc is ahead of us. So we're left with like, he's a little shit, but then Christmas happens. Right. And I think the challenging thing for that, Angie, is that if you are thinking, wait, are you saying that Rankin-Bass Pinocchio Christmas happens before the Disney version where he's a quote-unquote blank slate and he has to learn those morality tale and he has to actually go through that and, and have agency to make decisions and he still fucks it up after having massively fucked up a bunch of shit previously and kind of promising everybody that he's going to try better? <laughs> yeah, that's 100% where this is going. Yeah. And even... And even at the end of this, again, holiday special, they, they have a portion where they just, they show very quick cuts of, you know, Pinocchio with the... <laughs> the horrors that await him. Yeah, exactly. Oh my God. With, with like a, the, the donkey ears and tail, you see him with a, with a whale in, the, in the, uh, the foreground as well. And so there's a lot of things that you think to yourself, oh no, like this is to come. I hope he learned his lesson. And then you see those scenes and you're like oh he hasn't learned anything nope. nothing's been learned nothing's yep. been gained yeah they really undid it for themselves there yeah this that is was like stupid this is like a one-shot christmas <laughs> alternate universe like fanfic written by reich and bass on the pinocchio story it's um, it's pinocchio fanfic yeah melanie any any message that you felt was present in this again holiday special I'm going to make a swerve here because I am actually realizing like having gotten all the anger and frustration out of me about the, about the lying because that this is, this was all triggered by me exclaiming in the kitchen earlier, what the fuck was even the point of this movie and what are they actually trying to teach us? Um, 
I've realized that I think they thought they were making a movie about consumerism because they kick off the movie with like, I don't know what to get somebody for Christmas. Oh, my toupee. Uh, (laughs) Right? So they kick it off with that inciting incident. And then the whole, all the other ridiculous fucking shit that happens in this movie is all because Geppetto wanted to buy something for Pinocchio for Christmas. Did that. It was wrong. Then Pinocchio wanted to buy something back. And then it thus triggered all of these other things happening. And the sort of coda music, the only music that's repeated is that like whatever the blue haired diva woman from the woods she sings a song about like <laughs> the about like uh, you don't need to give somebody something for the holidays. You can just like show them that you love them, right? By like giving them a flower or a hug or writing them a letter. And I was like, oh, like in this moment here, sitting here listening to you guys, I was like, oh, that's what they were tr- they thought they were doing was like mm. telling a story about how you don't need to buy shit for people for Christmas. But oh my god, did they fail? In yeah. trying to tell that. And, and to piggyback off of your idea, my takeaway and my impression of this was you should spend the holiday or holidays with people you love. You know, that that can be as simple as the the gift that you need to give, mm-hmm. you know, was just that amount of time that we see at the very end for a split second with the Duke mm. of, of him simply saying, I, I'm going to spend time with my kids. I'm going to put all this other crap that's in my life aside and i'm going to focus on what matters and to me that was really kind of the the takeaway and so i I think that has remnants and components that apply to all of our lessons of Mm. of don't of don't lie of of you know you can give somebody a simple gift and for me the gift can simply just be spend some time with them (laughs) like just just be present yeah you know it makes me kind of wonder if maybe Ranking Bass started with like this is the Christmas message that we want to share and then they tried to like ham fist it onto a Pinocchio mm. story. That's kind of what it feels like because yeah, Azora definitely making that point of like, yo, just like show up, you know. <laughs> um, but the problem is you've got essentially this little maladaptive puppet. <laughs> Who is supposed to be your hero? It was. It's really. It's Russian nesting dolls of morality tales. Yeah. And, and, and every time you open it, you're just like, "How are they gonna screw this one up? Like, what? Why? Why? Also, why? It's like is inside this... the tiniest doll is just shit. <laughs> 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 yep, hundred percent. Oh my god. Just it's a shitty, shitty Russian nesting doll at their <laughs> shitty Russian nesting doll, and everyone's just got a turd inside the center. It's amazing. Uh, it's very but bizarre. shaped like a tiny Santa. <laughs> <laughs> that does make it better. Yep. Somehow. Somehow that makes it better. Oh, man. All right. Final final question. I went for a close-ended one. This is a hot take. This is a Pinocchio's Christmas hot take. I'm ready for it. All right. You ready? Because mm-hmm. I'm going to have you I'm gonna have you both answer at the same time. All right? Okay. Is it yes or no? This is super simple. All right? I'll give the question. Immediately, you can answer. Okay. Is Geppetto a capable father? No. No. Wow. <laughs> wow. Absolutely not. Abs- oh, no. 
send that kid back to child protective services, but then put him in juvie because he's a yeah. fucking monster. Yeah. Admittedly, Geppetto's not a, as bad a father as Pinocchio is a son, but, you know. Yeah, but doesn't make him capable of having a <laughs> no. child. No. I'm no. sorry. I'm thinking of like this cartoon juvenile jail that we have <laughs> where it's 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 the kid from Gundam Al with Pinocchio and then presumably any of the other delinquent kids that we've ever talked about on this show. <laughs> and the pound puppies and the pound puppies are there with them. I mean, yes, pound puppies are definitely there. Yeah. yeah. They're so send unbelievable. All those, send all those dogs to jail. Exactly. <laughs> all dogs go to penitentiary. <laughs> perfect oh man okay no geppetto if you're listening time to give up that kid it's not your fault man you 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 deserve better you deserve better than a talking possessed piece of wood and i really think that that's it's not i i in my contention is that he's it's not that he's incapable it's that he's undeserving you know he's got what no pinocchio or geppetto geppetto no he's not geppetto's not undeserving Geppetto's That's not undeserving. No, hold, hold on. Let me. Okay. <laughs> Go on. All right. Dig My... yourself out of this hole. No. <laughs> Double down. <laughs> no, I apologize. Uh, what I meant to say was that I, I felt that he is, he's just, he deserves better. Uh, he oh, deserves, that's not, that's not what that's I'm not deserving. A, it's not a, I know. I... <laughs> <laughs> that's not what I'm deserving. Means. I, I Sometimes, sometimes I speak. Geppetto, you have been found wanting. Yeah, right. <laughs> You're undeserving of that chair because it's too hard for that butt. <laughs> <laughs> correct me. Correct oh, me. I'm not going to correct, correct you. Correct me. I'm not going to correct you, but I am going to say that we are going to get our opportunity to review and say whether or not we recommend or we don't recommend Rank Bass Pinocchio Christmas. But first, Guess what? What? <laughs> what? You, you listening right now? Yeah, you, you holiday scamp. Uh, it turns out you have opinions and you love to put them online. And so we have scoured over IMDb for our love it or hate it. And as always, we have our friend Bobby Anthem, friend of the show, to read our love it or hate it. So Bobby, take it away. This week's love it is titled "Another Stop Motion Holiday Treat from Rankin Bass" by Joseph Brando, seventeen. In November 2001, Joseph wrote, filmed in Rankin Bass's incomparable stop-motion animation technique, Animagic, this special ranks right up there with Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and Santa Claus is Coming to Town. Tricked by a mean fox and dim-witted cat, Pinocchio loses the money he planned to use to buy Papa Geppetto a Christmas present, which he obtained by selling the arithmetic book Geppetto bought him. This begins a series of very amusing adventures. The Pinocchio character is so cute in this show. He's very mischievous, but very lovable. Character and set designs are among the best from Rankin Bass and a great soundtrack that is bursting from the seams with wonderful songs. Another colorful and warm special from Rankin Bass. 10 out of 10 stars. And our hated is titled Good Claymation Children's Movie by Baldax 6 in October 99. It says, A clay animation film where Pinocchio tries to earn enough money for a Christmas present and ends up teaching the spirit of Christmas. 
a good clay animation movie for children with upbeat songs. Only objectionable part might be the lack of any mention of religion reasons for Christmas. On a personal note, at the end of the movie, there was some foreshadowing of Pinocchio's future adventures. Just curious if there was other clay animation about Pinocchio made? The answer is no. Four out of ten stars. It could have been so much more. <laughs> Angie wrote it. That's what's good. <laughs> I regret. I regret that I, my 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 courage did not match my pen on the paper. <laughs> was it undeserving, Sean? Oh, you know, I'm never gonna live that down now, am I? <laughs> no. <laughs> nope. Two hundred twenty-five episodes, and I have one little slip-up. <laughs> I'm going to go back and find other ones. I'm sure I've got... Well, we're going to do a best of. Sure, I've got yeah. hundreds of them. So Blue for real. Yeah. Episode 300 is going to be best of Sean's fuck-ups. <laughs> <laughs> I would listen to that. Oh, yeah. wow. <laughs> okay. We now have the opportunity to say whether or not we recommend or we don't recommend Rankabass Pinocchio's Christmas. Mm. If we decide that we don't recommend it, we can go one step further and we can give it the dip and we can erase it from the annals of cartoon history which I will say is very fitting for the holiday season. <laughs> <clears throat> so, Angie, mm. thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Do you recommend or do you not recommend Pinocchio's Christmas? Um, in my heart of hearts, I cannot in good conscience recommend Pinocchio's Christmas. Uh, in terms of Rankin Bass, um, who's, you know, oeuvre is vast and encompasses much um i think there are so many better ways that you could spend an hour understood yeah so you will not be checking out this on free form no this holiday season no i it, somehow i think i'll manage to resist <laughs> you know do that you, hot hot pinocchio action oh God. <laughs> do you go one step further and do you give it the dip i will not go that far okay i will say um I think the redemption for me does lie in um, it's harmless, you know. It's there's so much that they could have done better, but at the end of the day, it, uh, you know, I lost an hour of my life to this, but you know, I've lost it to many worse things. So, no, nah, I won't give it the tip. There you go. Okay. All right. Thank you, Angie. Melanie Harker. Yes. Thank you for being here. You're welcome. Are you going to recommend, or are you not going to recommend? Pinocchio's Christmas. Strongly not going to recommend Pinocchio's Christmas. Whoa. Really? We can't just have this on in the house? No. Throughout the holiday season? We absolutely cannot. Oof. You I are going to be very upset with me. I have all the better ones on DVD. There's no need to dig up this rental from Amazon. Understood. Do you go one step further and give it the dip? I would give this the dip. Oh! <gasps> Oh snap! I would, and I, and you guys know out there, I don't give like anything the dip. Wow. For Angie's reasoning, I typically I'm like, this is harmless, blah blah blah. But I don't actually think this is harmless. I think this this is just like an ill-conceived Christmas special that does not teach us about anything, and I don't think it deserves to exist. Hmm. It is undeserving. Now All I'm just right. picturing Pinocchio melting into one of those lovely little goo piles yep. in the dip, and that just fills me with joy. I might change my mind, actually. See, I, <laughs> like, there's just, if. Are you changing your mind? I'll, I'll hold off. I'll, I want to hear what you have to say. Okay. I will ponder. I, I, would, I would venture to say that if we all 
like agree unanimously that this would be a better movie without the title character that it does not deserve to be around. But that's just me. What do you think, Sean? Paul, Ellis, all eyes turn to you. Yeah, I know. Uh, I am definitely not going to recommend this. My challenge that I have right now and what's going on inside of my head is I love Rankin Bass. But again, we've made a very strong claim that the message in this is so muddled that it's, it's very hard to understand what the point, what this conveys. I think it's challenging too because if you look at this in terms of the larger fable of Pinocchio, you're realizing now that he understands wholeheartedly what he's doing when he actually enters into the Disney version of the fable that we know. And so that whole portion where he's lying, he's already been doing that. And he and nobody taught him that. Geppetto's not lying to him. He's just trying to be a good, deserving father. And he deserves that love. And I hate to say this, but I'm going to dip this. Yeah! You know why, especially as you were talking about this, is this is something that I would never show to my children no like because they would i would be too afraid they would take something away from this that was destructive and i and i just can't i can't risk that so we have to burn it can i actually change my answer you can 100 percent change your answer i'm gonna dip it i'm gonna dip it 75 percent of the way so just his head is left above the (laughs) (laughs) no i think no uh i i i well said oh I, I think it's that's that's the challenge. And so, yeah, I, I have to not recommend this and I have to dip it. I would not recommend spending the 50 minutes that it would take over the holiday season to do this. Spend it again, as you should have, with what I believe should have been the message. Spend that 50 minutes with your family. Yeah. Doing something. Play a board game. Make some cookies. Watch another cartoon. Watch, Watch another Rankin Bass cartoon. Any other cartoon. Any other cartoon. You're without a Santa Claus. Santa Claus is coming to down. Frosty the Snowman. Rudolph and Frosty Christmas in July is even a better option than this. Right. Yes. Jack Frost, which was still terrible because it's a town that has their entire economy based off of ice coins. <laughs> it's not great, but it's, it's not, not terrible. That's, that's, it's not, that's not, not terrible, but it's... Nah. It's different. Reliable commerce. I mean, let's be honest though. If we're going creepy, it's about a guy who fantasizes over a woman and then is like, as a like a a, a wood elf, and says, "I want to be made human." And then the posit- or the the conceit is that within a year he has to find somebody that loves him, get a house, and and like I, like two chickens or some shit like that. It, it's it's crazy. And he like targets this woman. He's stalking this woman. Again, I don't uh, know that I... He loves her. I mean, I see, I see cinematic parallels here between this and Pinocchio's behavior, frankly, I, but... Yeah. I thought for a second you were talking about Pinocchio's little creepy. I'm agreeing with Angie. Okay. All right. So that's it. We are closing 2018 with a new dip. We have dipped Rank Bass... Pinocchio Christmas. That means, everybody, that we will refuse to acknowledge this cartoon. It is dead to us in the annals of cartoon history. What a whew, what a way to go out in 2018. Yeah. Explosive. Man. Yeah. I feel energized. <laughs> Perfect. That's what we aim to do. Angie, again, I want to thank you so much for coming and doing this with us. This was a pleasure. And thank pleasure you. It was great to see mine. you. 
see you. Uh, do you have anything coming up in the future that you would like to let any of our listeners know about? And is there any place that they could find you on social media? Absolutely, there is. So you can find me on my website, which is www.angelakaypercos, perco spelled P-I-R-K-O.com. Um, I am constantly updating there about stuff that I'm up to. Um, and you can follow me on Twitter at L-A Shield Maiden, because I'm a nerd. Um, uh, the only thing that I have to really talk about is the exciting return of... Um, the award-winning uh, Mary Myers in uh, the fantastic socialist anarcho like contemporary hit. I don't even know what to call it, but uh, Marks and Soho, which is uh, um, had a fantastic run in 2017, and we are bringing it back. Um, and if you are interested in knowing more and maybe knowing how Marks can come visit you, please feel free to drop me a line at apirko at gmail.com. Awesome. Awesome. And we will have all of this stuff in our show notes too. So brilliant. Yes. Perfect. Melanie Harker, thank you so much for being here. You're welcome. What do you have coming up and where can the people find you online? I got some cookies to bake. Perfect. This month of December. (laughs) That's all I have. And where can everybody find you on social media? They can find me on your social media at Sean Paul Ellis on Instagram. <laughs> uh, no, Don't just, add me. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you can find me on the Twitters at uh, Melanie Gwynn, tweeting about nothing very exciting, or on Instagram, same handle. It's Welsh. G-W-Y-N-N-E. Perfect. Love you, Dave. Oh. Hey Sean, where can we find you on the internet? And yeah. <laughs> are you doing anything exciting like this yeah. weekend, the following weekend, a couple weekends here oh, and man. there in December? Well, guess what? I perform live improv comedy with a group that's called Knox. That's N O X exclamation point. We perform with Washington Improv Theater. You can find tickets and times with dc.org. You can always find me on Twitter and Instagram at Sean Paul Ellis. You heard him on this week's episode, Bobby Anthem, our friend Bobby Anthem. He's the best. Yay, Bobby. Yay. Uh, you can hear him on his paranormal podcast, Inhuman Experience. You can find them on Twitter at IEXP underscore podcast. Their episodes are also on Spreaker and SoundCloud. He's also the occasional third co-host on the THT Movie Podcast, which broadcasts every Saturday night at 1130 Eastern Standard on Mixler. Find him on Twitter at Bobby Anthem. Send him a message. Show him some love. He is simply the best. Thank you, Bobby, for everything you do. If you want to contact us at this show and you want to support us, it's super simple. Tell a friend. Review us on iTunes. Chat us up on Twitter at Morning Tunes. Remember, that is morning with a U. You can check us out on Instagram and Facebook at Saturday Morning Cartoons. Drop us a message via Gmail, SaturdayMorningCartoons at gmail.com. You can find all these links that we have in any of the bios for our social media sites. You can always listen to us for free on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, a.k.a. iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, wherever fine podcasts are sold. Thank you so much for listening to us all throughout 2018. We are going to be back in 2019. And if you have been a fan of the show for a long time, (laughs) you know what we're about to get into. If you're new, we're going to get into New Year's Nicktoons. So we are going to be back on January 14th with New Year's Nicktoons. So get ready. Thank you, and have a great holiday. Bye. 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 Hey, everybody. Thanks a lot for listening to Saturday Morning Cartoons. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to transform and roll out.